Christine Jones, uh, weighing in at 5 pounds, 13 ounces. Sweet little precious girl. And some of you got the prayer request this morning. We're just praying for Angie's uh, healing and recovery from the birth. And, of course, praying for Joy Christine as well. So can we just pray together? Lord, we thank you for this family. We pray for the, the mom and the dad. Uh, for Daniel and Angie, but we also pray for this little one. You know her, you love her, you made her, and we pray that you would touch this family. Even now, maybe they're watching online, but even if they're not, Lord, just there would be a true sweet spirit of your presence in that room. That you'd give rest to Mama, that you'd bring healing uh, to Mama, that you would just bring up this child well, strong in you, Jesus. We pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're wrapping up our Songs of the Savior series, and I've enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. We've kind of, hopefully you've picked up on the pattern. There's a character that we'd focus on each week, but also there'd be a song that we focus on each week. And last week, I just thought Melanie and Ashley did a great job with the skit with Mary and Elizabeth. That was hilarious. Is Melanie even here? That was hilarious. Melanie, way to go. Uh, Ashley's home with a sick child uh, again this morning, but... Way to go. That was super, super good. And then we sang joy to the world. Today, what I actually want to do is I want to walk through each of those characters one last time. So if you remember, we had the shepherds, we had the wise men, we had Joseph, and of course, we had Mary. Now, as I do this, as much as I love these characters, as much as I love their stories this morning and what is on my heart for you today, this morning, I want to show us, hopefully and hopefully well, I want to show us how each of their stories point to the story, which is the story of who? Man, you guys are good. The story of Jesus. Before I go any further, would you bow your heads and and let's just pray. Lord, we want to receive from you today. On this Christmas 2023, we want to receive from you today. So we just pray against all distractions. And and even I know we come into a room like this carrying the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yet we lay those things down for a moment to hear from you, God. You're the creator and we are the created. Creator God, speak to your children. Speak to your sons and daughters. Give us ears to hear what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 2. We're actually going to be reading uh, pretty much all of, or almost all of Luke chapter 2 tonight. But this morning, I want to focus on two verses. We're going to be in verse 6 and verse 7. Luke chapter 2, 6 and 7. While they were there in Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph, the time came for the baby to be born. Anybody? Who's the baby again? Jesus. That's right. And she gave birth. Who gave birth? Mary. And she gave birth to a son, Jesus. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So my family went to Holiday Magic this Thursday night. Anybody go over there? It's over at the fairgrounds. A whole lot of fun. It was, I I will say, my kids were more terrified of that Ferris wheel than I thought they would be. But um, uh, the Ferris wheel was interesting. I I, uh, I was a little short. (laughs) I got to be honest. But that's okay. Another sermon for another time. But we we were over there, and I I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. We we did the lights, did, did the whole thing. But... If you've been there, you'll notice one of the things that you stop at is the nativity. 
right? The nativity. And what's kind of fun about that one is they have live animals. And, and I don't really have a lot of animals in my life. I don't have sheep or donkeys or goats. I have two cats named Bingo and Bluey and a dog named Griffy. So that's my extent of a farm is Bingo, Bluey, and Griffy. But there they are in this nativity scene. And then they didn't actually have like a real Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. That would have been tough for them to have to sit there all night, every night. So there's like these cardboard cutouts of, again, Joseph, Jesus, and Mary. Anybody have a nativity in your house? I actually want to see your hand. Anybody have a nativity, big or small? I have a little one that's from Jerusalem. No, it's from Bethlehem, uh, made out of olive wood. Really pretty uh, nativity. We got some little ones. We got some big ones. I love uh, Viewpoint. We got a Foursquare Church just down the road. One of my uh, really good friends, Jonathan Westfall, pastors down there. Anybody seen it? You go on Meridian over on the right. This big cutout of a nativity. I love, I love that nativity. And so I, I made the mistake of thinking, oh, you know what? I wonder what else uh, is out there on the Internet. You know, what kind of nativities are out there? And uh, you can Google it for yourself. They were so bad, I'm not even going to show them on the screen. Um, Just think Simpsons. And there you go. There's the Simpsons nativity. But I was at Walgreens the other day doing some shopping, and I found this one. So maybe you'll enjoy this. Wow, wow, wow. If you have that one, that's okay. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, wow. That's all. I just said, wow. That was it. (laughs) Wow. Now, (laughs) the nativity. I've preached in the past, and I've tried to do this kindly, gently, but I, I feel like my goal every year is just to let you down as gently as possible that it actually didn't look like this. So if you've been at Live Spring for the last 13 and a half years, that's like been my journey in life is to just pretty much ruin Christmas and tell you that it didn't happen that way. Even that video, it didn't. No, sorry. Uh, Wise men and shepherds in the same room. Did that happen? No, sorry. And yet I'm not a Grinch. I love Christmas and I love the nativity. I'll tell you the nativity is still one of my favorite images. Yes, I bought the one that was way too expensive in Bethlehem made out of olive wood. Why? Because I think it shows us and it shows me a pretty good reminder that these are very real people. So the shepherds, the wise men, Mary, Joseph, real people who literally met Jesus, the Savior of the world. Come on. Can you imagine? I mean, they met face-to-face Jesus. And again, that nativity it reminds us not only of their stories, but it also reminds us of the story of Jesus what Jesus has done, what God has done. Emmanuel, as my wife said, Emmanuel, God with us came to earth. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to look at each story real quick, and we're going to see how their stories point to Jesus. Let's start with the Magi or the wise men. And if you're taking notes, please do. I'm not going to recap Pete's message. Is Pete here right now? Pete, your jacket is on point. It's just beautiful. I have also heard a rumor, and and you might want to go over and ask him later, but he is wearing Braden socks. So our youth pastor, his face is on your socks. So that's just pretty much the best Christmas gift that anyone could give. Brayden, you are a true man of God. But then where are my pair? (laughs) I'm not going to recap his message, but it really was good. And he he talked, he kind of said it could have been that the wise men traveled from Persia. It could have been that they traveled from Babylon, but it's estimated that they could have traveled up to seven to 800 miles. 
Isn't that incredible? Seven to eight, and no, they did not have your SUV or they did not have a plane. They went seven to eight hundred miles. And what were they doing? They were coming with gifts, gifts of gold, gifts of frankincense, and gifts of myrrh. Now, that's quite the journey. I think we could all agree. It's quite the journey to bring those gifts. And yet, church, I want you to hear this. That pales in comparison to the journey that Jesus traveled to bring the gift of God's love and salvation. In fact, listen to the way Scripture says this. It's in John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, the word became flesh. When he talks about the word, he's actually talking about Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory The glory of the one and only Son, here it is, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, if you read before those verses, that's verse 14. You read the beginning of John, you're going to hear how Jesus was with the Father. Jesus was with the Holy Spirit when the earth was created. I, I need you to hear this, church. That's who Jesus is. Like, sometimes we can convince ourselves that Jesus is just like some good guy that said some kind of neat things 2,000 years ago. And maybe I'll believe in the things that he said. That's not who Jesus is. No, Jesus is God. Do you believe that? He's, he's God. He's a member of the eternal Godhead, the Trinity. In fact, check this one out. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For in him, in Jesus, all things were created. Everybody say, all things. Woo. Wow things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. There it is again. Say it with me. All things have been created through him and for him. Jesus is pretty amazing, isn't he? He's God. He's Emmanuel. He he became flesh. He became one of us. He identified with us. All our hopes, our fears, our joys, our sorrows, Emmanuel came. Emmanuel meaning God with us. He came, he made the journey, and he came to earth. He came to earth. It was the Father's great gift to the world. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. The greatest gift. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish but have eternal life. And so where the Magi came, they brought those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When Jesus came to earth, the gift that Jesus was bringing in that manger, it was much more valuable than any of those things. It was the gift of himself. The greatest gift that anyone could receive. That whoever receives that gift, the gift of Jesus shall not perish, but receive eternal life. And so when you look at the Magi, their long journey, those valuable gifts, let it point you to Jesus. Let it remind you of the journey that he made, that he came to earth to give the gift of life to anyone who would receive. What about the shepherds? Where are the shepherds? Oh, here's the shepherd. There's a shepherd. Any other shepherd? Just, just one shepherd. Okay, one shepherd. I don't know. There might have been more than one. Shepherds in the nativity, think of it this way. In your mind's eye, think of it this way. Shepherds at the nativity, they are in between two sharings of good news. Aren't they? Right? They just heard the good news. An angel said, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. After that, they go to the manger. They got to see this baby. They get to the baby. 
But when they leave the manger, the scriptures tell us that then they went and they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So, again, think of it this way. In your mind's eye, catch this church. The angel brings them good news, and then they leave the manger sharing good news. Who else shared the good news? This is the easy question. Who else in the Bible shared the good news? It starts with a J. John the Baptist, that's correct. Who else? Jesus. That's right. Let's look at Luke chapter 4. This is a little bit older. He, he, he's great in the manger, but he actually doesn't stay there. It's the greatest thing. I, I'm convinced that some people still think he's in the manger. If you've seen Talladega Nights, uh, it talks a little bit about that. But he, he gets out of there and he grows up. And listen to what he says in Luke chapter 4. He goes to a solitary place. The people are looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from living or <laughs> keep, keep him from leaving them. And he said, what does he say? He goes, I must proclaim the good news. This is Jesus, right? He says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because this is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Did you know that Jesus was a preacher? Yeah pretty good preacher, I bet. I love what he says. He goes, I must proclaim the good news because not only did he proclaim the good news, Jesus is the good news. Can I get an amen? Right? Listen to this. I read John 3:16. It goes on. John 3:17. Look at this one. For God did not send, this is good news, church. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but what? That the world might be saved through him. Verse 18, whoever believes in him will not be condemned. That's some good news. What about Joseph? Where's Joseph? Oh, here's Joseph. I I loved, probably, Jesse, your sermon was my favorite because I feel like Joseph gets overlooked often in the nativity. Right? It feels like everybody else gets a song except for Joseph. Like the Magi, they get We Three Kings. That's a tough song, right? Because were there three of them? We don't really know. Were they kings? I don't know. They They were wise men, but they get a song. The shepherds get a song, right? Why this joyous strain prolonged? I don't even know what a joyous strain is, and yet that's what we sing about with the shepherds and their jubilee. They get a song. Mary gets a song. Mary, did you know that's your baby boy? Not my favorite song, but some of you love that song. But Joseph, right? So then I went online. Google's just, it's good and bad. Like I was like, well, Joseph, do you got some songs? There's a lot of Joseph songs. I'm just telling you, they're not that great. Again, if you think your Joseph song is the best, that's for you. That's your opinion. In my opinion, they're just not that great. Poor Joseph. Joseph, if you read past Luke chapter 2, do you read much about Joseph? Pretty silent. But I'll say this. Before chapter 2, you get some insight into Joseph, don't you? He's a righteous man. He's a good man. He's a man, I would say it this way, if you're taking notes, write it down. He's a man who chose mercy over the law. It's so important that we, we check this with, with Joseph because the Gospel of Matthew, if you flip over to Matthew, which is right at the beginning of the New Testament, he says that Joseph chose to quietly divorce Mary. Quietly divorce Mary. Why did he quietly or choose to quietly divorce Mary? Because she's pregnant, and she's pregnant with somebody else's baby. It's before they're married. 
And I, I've preached on this in years past that the quietly part, I, I think that shows that he really is a man of honor. I think it shows the kind of character that he has, what kind of man that he is. But then we know the story. Heaven intervenes. It's a beautiful story. Heaven intervenes. Joseph chooses to keep Mary as his wife, and he raises the child as his own. Uh, some of you guys know I'm, I'm a stepdad. I met my son, Trevin, when he was three years old, and the story of Joseph has always meant so much to me. If you're a step-parent here, I just love that story because Joseph, though it wasn't his child, he raised the child as his own. Amen? So we see in Joseph this act of obedience but also an act of mercy. But as much as you see that in Joseph, don't we see that in Jesus? Don't you see that? Has Jesus been merciful to you? Oh, how I love the mercy of the Lord. On, on one occasion, this is what he says to a Pharisee. This is a good one. It's spicy. He says, you need to go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I desire mercy. I haven't come to call the righteous. I've come to call sinners some good news in the house today. If grace is getting what you don't deserve, anyone experienced the grace of God in your life, getting all the things that you don't deserve, you didn't earn, well, then mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Again, I ask you the question, has the Lord been merciful to you? Has the Lord been merciful to you? Jesus, he's the ultimate man of mercy. He would teach it, but he'd also show it. He exemplified it. One of the last things he does, as he's giving his life on the cross, sacrificed for our sins, what does he say? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. In other words, Father, show them grace. Show them mercy. Again, as you look at Joseph, more importantly, as you look at Jesus, he shows us what mercy looks like. And then Mary. I love Mary. It was hard as a kid, like, with some Catholicism and the way they really emphasized Mary. I almost felt like I couldn't, you know, talk about Mary or be, a, you know, really appreciate the story of Mary because they just thought she was, you know, this perfect Virgin Mary. And yet, now at 43 years old, when I read the story of Mary, I'm like, Wow. And then I'm also like, well done, friend. <laughs> well done, Mary. Well done. Can you imagine what Mary went through? Can you imagine? Oh, can you in that day and time, in that culture, can you imagine what she said yes to? Right before the Magi began their journey, before the shepherds heard the good news, before Joseph could show mercy, Mary had to say yes. We read this in Luke chapter 1. This is what she says. She hears this news. It's got to be terrifying in a way, but she says what? She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. And the angel tells her, God has chosen her to have his son. It's probably not making much sense to her, but in essence what she says is, not my will, but yours be done. Let it be to me as you have said. She says yes to the Lord's will. Kind of amazing, isn't it, that the mom of the baby who would grow up and get out of the manger, who then would also say, not my will, but yours be done. 
Jesus, he's all about that, isn't he? His earthly ministry was all about doing his heavenly father's will. He says in John 6, I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. There's a time when the disciples are like, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He says, okay, we know it as the Lord's prayer, but it's actually like the believer's prayer. This is what we're supposed to pray. And in that prayer, what does he say? He goes, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And yes, even in that garden in Gethsemane, the night before his death, he prays, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. And yet, not my will, but yours be done. So the wise men, shepherds, Joseph and Mary. And and I really wanted to take time to recap each of their stories. The wise men with their gifts, the shepherds with the good news, Joseph showing mercy, Mary doing the will of God. And I wanted to take time to point them to Jesus because if there's one thing I'm really passionate about, LifeSpring, it's not them. I'm, I'm thankful for them, but that's not what my life is about. My life is about Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Anybody else here awake and alive today? Anybody else about Jesus today? Like, I I love all the stuff. I'm thankful for them. But what I'm really thankful for is Jesus. Does anybody else in this room need Jesus? Like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you ever come to a church and they don't say the name of Jesus during the service, you better run away from that place. That is a cray-cray place. Do not go to that place. You need to be in a place that speaks about the name of Jesus. That's what you need. You need that more than friends. You need that more than coffee. You need that more than anything else. You need Jesus. No doubt the most important person in this whole thing is Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. And I wanted to point their stories to his story. By the way, I'm not against those other things. I'm the goofiest guy. I embarrass my kids. I'm all about the parties, the decorations, the lights, the cookies. I've gained weight this Christmas. Praise, you know, like, I'm in. Like, they keep on making them. I keep on eating them. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I love the songs. I like the sweaters, even the ugly sweaters. I'm into Christmas. Please. Don't mistake my heart for Christmas. But what I'm really into is Jesus. Ah. And yet, I've been sensing this. Maybe you have as well. Not here at Lifespring, but just in general. Even on the Hallmark Channel. Sometimes it feels like the nativity or even Christmas can be missing Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we're not going to make that mistake today. In fact, we're going to watch a video, and then I'll keep it going. Hey, Ed, come check out my North Star Christmas tree topper at Levitate's. Is this a gummy bear? Yeah, we lost baby Jesus. Hey, check out these LED lights. I have them synced up to a 76-hour all-Christmas music playlist. There's my little Christmas DJ. (laughs) So, are you waiting until Christmas is over so you can go buy a new nativity set when they're on sale? Huh? No, no, oh no. We lost baby Jesus like 11 years ago. Is, is baby Jesus always a gummy bear? Oh, no. no. Oh, we trade it out every year. Yeah, like uh, last year it was a uh, tiny troll doll. 
And the year before that, we used a dog treat. They were the perfect size, but <laughs> Dalton kept taking them and eating them. You mean your dog kept stealing them? No, my son Dalton. He loves those dog treats. Especially the peanut butter ones. There was one year that we used a, uh, a doll head. That was creepy. We, we made a modeling clay, baby Jesus. So the dog took that one too. Um, one year we got desperate and used an ice cube. That was a mess and a mess. Yeah, just seems like everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never lasts. Say that again. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to last. And? And what? Say it again, slowly. Why? Just do it, Dulcimo, slowly, do it. I don't understand what's happening. Just do it. This is getting weird. Quiet! Fine! But when I'm done saying this, you're gonna march in here and you're gonna watch my star levitate. I'm fine, 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 do it. Fine. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to, oh, yep, there it is, okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Isn't that good? Amen. Amen. Nothing can replace Jesus. Say it with me. Nothing can replace Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Because, church, Jesus is the perfect gift. Come on. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is mercy. And following Jesus, I want you to hear this today. Following Jesus is God's good and perfect will for your life. And so the question is this, is there room in your heart and in your life today for Jesus? Is there room for Jesus? I, I don't know where all of us are in this, uh, even in this room where you're at in this journey. I, I know some of you. I don't know some of you. I'm glad you're here. If you're a visitor here today, welcome to Life Spring. And again, I'm not going to assume where you're at. Maybe you've known Jesus for a long time. Maybe he's been your best friend and you've been navigating with him as the Savior and Lord of your life for years. Or maybe you've never received that gift of salvation and life that he brings. But I was thinking about it this week. I find that actually a lot more people find themselves somewhere in between those two extremes. A lot of humans, and I bet there's a lot of people even here right now. If you're honest, there was a time and place, and maybe it was a long time ago, but there was a time and place when you said, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But if you're honest... Even that, it never quite translated into your everyday life, your ordinary everyday life. I'd say it this way. Yeah, you invite him to be your savior. You love the idea of him saving you from your sins, not going to hell, going to heaven. Yeah, save me. And yet you never quite decided to follow him as Lord. And if that's you, I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to condemn you. I know that's not the Father's heart for you either today. But I am a pastor. And as a pastor, I want to encourage you with the encouragement that comes from the Lord. That no matter how you came this morning, no matter what the journey has looked like up until this point, Jesus not only wants to save you, but he wants to lead you. Like he wants to help you. He wants to teach you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to lead you. Listen, he wants to be the Lord of your life. The Lord of your life, where by the Holy Spirit, he can lead you all the days of your life. And I'm telling you what, when you say yes to that, when you receive not just his salvation, but when you receive him, like the God of salvation, when you receive him, invite 
him into your life, when you invite him to dwell with you, to invite him, give him permission to influence your life, for him to affect your choices, to affect your decisions, to affect your words and your actions, I'm telling you, that decision, when you make that decision, you will never celebrate Christmas the same. And some Christians in this room need to hear this today. Is he the Lord of your life? Where he affects your choices and your decisions. He is willing to do that for you. Do not settle for a weak and, and anemically just poor version of what it means to have Jesus in your life. It's not just to get you somewhere someday when you take your final breath. It's to give you abundant, Zoe, overflowing life right now in the name of Jesus. He wants that for you. And again, maybe you're there today. And if you're there today, I got good news for you today. Listen to what Jesus says, John 14. He says, I tell you what. Well, he doesn't say that. He says, I tell you, all who have faith in me. So anyone who believes in Jesus has faith in Jesus. Look what he says. He goes, you will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. What a statement. Jesus, who was born in the manger, he grew up, he actually believed. And if he believed this, then it's true because Jesus is perfectly true. There's no mistakes or sin in him. But he believed that anyone who had faith in him would do greater things. Greater things. Even as I said that, probably about half of this room is not convinced. And yet that's the truth of Scripture. He says, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing and even greater things. That's the joy of my life. I get to do greater things. I love my life in Jesus because I get to do greater things. Anybody else doing greater things in Jesus? Aren't you thankful for the life you have in Jesus? It's not some like Eeyore life where you're just kind of kicking rocks and moaning and groaning your whole life. You're doing the greater things that God had destined for you to do. Aren't you thankful for Jesus in your life? Greater things. I'm not making this up. This is scripture. And by the way, that's not just for the theologians in the room. That's not just for the scholars of the Bible in the room. That's not just for the pastors in the room. That's for everybody and anybody who wants to put their faith in Jesus. It's so important that you hear what I'm saying right now. This could change your life forever. Anyone who puts their faith in Jesus and walks it out, not just as Savior, but as Lord, you can do the greater things that the Lord has called you to do. If you want that, first of all, you've got to have Jesus Truly Jesus, like Jesus, what does that mean to you to have Jesus in your life? I've been rubbing shoulders with a lot of people lately who've been talking about Jesus, but we're not talking about your talk. We're talking about your walk. Receive Jesus in your life. And the cool thing about Jesus is no matter how your journey has gone up until this point, there is amazing grace in this room right now. Whether you've walked with Jesus all the days of your life or never said yes to Jesus, there is the opportunity, not because of anything you have done, but because and by the grace of God, there is an opportunity right now to experience the power of God in your life. The Holy Spirit is willing to fall on your life, to make you new, to give you new life, not just to make you a better version of yourself. I'm sick and tired of this weird version of Christianity where we're just trying to be a better person. That's not what he came to give you. You were dead in your sins, but Jesus came to bring you from death to eternal life. That's what Jesus offers. It's time to come back to the Lord. Come to Jesus 
And again, not just as Savior, but truly as the Lord. And you can do that even as I'm talking. You don't have to wait for a special moment in the service. Right now, talk to the Lord. He's listening. In fact, the reality is the Lord was talking to you before you were talking to him. It's the Lord that draws us to salvation. It's the Lord and his goodness and his kindness and his grace and mercy that draws lost people back to himself. Because he is in the business of bringing lost things and finding them. Some of you, you know it, like he's been stirring in your heart. That's why you're here this morning. It wasn't because you got the email. It wasn't because you got the social media post that said, come to church. It's because you know the Lord is on your heart and he's leading you to a better life, to an abundant life, to a new life where the old is gone and the new has come. And it's only found in Jesus. So invite him into your life. Repent. Repent. Turn from the way you've been living. There's such a stubborn, like, rebellious thing in so many of us. We were reading in Revelation today about the worst plagues ever. Like just awful, awful plagues. And during the plagues, it said, and yet the people still would not repent. You got to remember that there is just that fight within every one of us that just digs in our heels and said, no, I'm not repenting. I'm going to live for me and my wants and my desires and my will. And yet by the grace of God, let him just right now, by the gentleness of his spirit, break through that hardness. You know, a lot of that hardness came from some serious wounds and hurts in your life. But the Lord loves you. He sees you. He cares about everything you've walked through. And let his love permeate through the hardness of your heart. And just repent. Repent. Turn to Jesus. Repent. Turn from your sins and give him permission. If you give him permission to come into your life, again, it's not just a better version of your life. He comes into the inside of who you are and he changes you from the inside out. It is a metamorphosis of true abundant life where now you receive not just life, but you receive joy and love and peace. You receive all the things that he'd have for you. He makes you new, a brand new creation. And I'm telling you, you what i'm not saying life won't be hard but as a christian you can be excited about the life that jesus has called you to live why because it does not end randy would always say my last breath here is my first breath with the lord that's what we have the opportunity to receive this christmas are you willing to receive because i want to do greater things and i want that for you as well Man, this world is just settling for lesser things. Lesser things. I see that in the way people are giving alcohol permission to control their lives. I see that in the way people are letting sexual immorality, pornography, affairs, your little app that you're on that is leading you to death and destruction. And yet he has life for you, a better, greater life that is not just some self-improvement, self-help guru kind of life. It's a boom. I make all things new. Boom. You were dead, but now you're alive. If you want to do greater things, like those wise men, even more importantly, Jesus, with his help, choose to be a gift giver. You might want to write these down. 
Be a gift giver. It's better to give than to receive. In the season of giving, choose to bring gifts to those in need. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's the person you live next to. Financially give. Man, you don't get to take it with you. You might as well be a giver. I've heard more about retirement and my retirement savings lately than I just making me sick to my stomach how addicted people are to retirement. Give. 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 If someone's struggling around you, give. And don't make them fill out a checklist of all the reasons why and how. Just give. Be abundant and generous in your giving. Or maybe a family member. I get family can be tough, but give your family member the gift of love today. Give them the gift of love. You're you're not affecting their life by your stubborn grumpiness. It's only killing you. Love covers a multitude of sins. Give your brother, your literal brother. Give your sister, your mom, your dad, your in-laws, the friend, that coworker. Give them all the gift of love today. Don't hold back any longer. Like those shepherds, and more importantly, like Jesus, choose to give good news. Share good news with the world around you. Share the good news of love. Share the good news of salvation that's found in Jesus. Man, what if every time you saw this nativity, you were just stirred, like the shepherds, to share what they shared, that it would be uncontainable. Is the good news uncontainable in you? Is it uncontainable in you? We're so quick to share our political views. So quick to share our Seattle Mariners views. (laughs) But how quick are we at sharing the good news? There's no reason to stay quiet. Come on, everybody's judging everybody anyways. We might as well have them judge us for something that actually matters. Share the good news. Share the good news. Proclaim what you've heard. Choose to be a gift giver. Choose to share the good news. And then choose to show mercy. Show mercy. Like Joseph, but also more importantly, like Jesus, show mercy. And again, if you're a human here today, if you're breathing here today, you have been shown so much mercy by the Lord. We have all fallen short, every single one of us. By the way, I still fall short. Anybody else? (laughs) It's not like I'm looking at, you know, the last couple of weeks and be like, man, I am awesome. (laughs) No, guess what I need? I need grace and mercy. You need grace and mercy. And has the Lord been merciful to you? In Jesus, you see the perfection of God's mercy. Not only sparing us from death, but bringing us into eternal life. Don't keep that for yourself. Share what you have first received. If you're struggling, I I do find for Christians, Christians struggle to show mercy. We're, We're good at the judgment, not so good at the mercy. But just remember, if you're struggling, we all struggle at times. We all have that one person that when it pops in our mind, we're like, oh, I don't know if I can show that person mercy. If that's your struggle today, just remember Jesus. He can help you. Ask him to help you. Get your eyes onto Jesus. Like in that situation right now, say, God, I want to fix my eyes on you, Jesus. Remember the mercy that he showed you on the cross. Remember how he showed you grace and mercy even when you didn't deserve this. Even when you didn't deserve it. I believe this. With Christ at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you too can show grace and mercy to those who don't deserve it. I believe that for you. That is the gospel message, by the way. We can't pick and choose any longer. 
If you want him to be your Lord, well, guess what? The Lord says this in Luke 6, be merciful as your father is merciful. That's not optional in the soup of Christianity. It's a main ingredient. Be merciful. And then I close with this. Worship team, you can come on up. With Jesus in our lives, like Mary, but more importantly, like Jesus, we have the ability, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I have the ability to obey God's will. I kind of feel like we're in a culture and society right now that believes obeying God's will is actually impossible. Well, on your own, in your flesh, yeah, it's impossible. (laughs) In my flesh, it's impossible. I'm very strong-willed in my flesh. But I believe with God all things are possible. And by his power living within me, I can do immeasurably more. Greater things. Where it's not my will, but his will being done. I want to encourage you. He has a will for your life. Did you know that? If you're thinking about ending your life today, if you have any kind of suicidal ideation, that is a pit, a life from the pit of hell. That is not the Lord for you. Don't do it. There's no reason to do it. If you're thinking about drowning your sorrows in alcohol, don't do it. If you're thinking about uh, whatever the thing, don't do it. Because he has a will for your life. It is a better will for your life. He has a will for your life. It is full of purpose. It is full of meaning. Listen to this, Ephesians 2.10. You're God's handiwork. Some of you are convinced from the enemy and maybe from your own family members that you're junk, that you're garbage, that you're worthless. That there's nothing good in you. Well, listen to this. God has a different story. He has a different mindset and attitude about you. He actually says, no, I made you. You're my handiwork. You're my poem. You're my great work of art. And that verse says, you are created in Christ Jesus. You, not just the theologian, not just the scholar, not just the pastor. You, every person in this room. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. He's not going to force you to do those things, by the way. We have free will. You and I can keep running from him. You and I can choose to go our own way. But we all know that does not work. Going our own way. I mean, we're in a room full of people who have tried to go their own way. All of us, including myself. And one reason, if you are a believer here and you showed up this morning... One reason you're here is you decide, you decide, like you discovered that living outside of the will of God, it's a miserable way to live. Anybody else? Like it just, it's awful. It's awful. It's miserable. And even if there was pleasure in the moment, even if there was pleasure in the moment, going against God's will will always lead to sin, death, and destruction. Life only truly begins to make sense. It only becomes that overflowing, abundant, Zoe flourishing life when we stop running, when we stop being so selfish, and when we instead humbly choose to put Jesus at the center of it all. When we humbly choose to ask Jesus to be Savior and Lord. And maybe the Lord is speaking to you even now. You know he's calling you back to himself. If that's true, if you know he's speaking to you, don't ignore it.
sadly, I think there's a lot of churches you could go to these days for years that would never speak the good news in the way that I just shared it. But there needs to be in a lot of our lives a violent disruption to the way we've been living. Because the way we're living is not working, church. We need the Lord to invade our lives. For his light to break through and break into the darkness. Because he has life for us to live. Zoe, abundant, overflowing life. And if he's speaking that life over you right now, just again, maybe in your heart, whisper to him. He knows your heart. He he made you. He knows everything about you. There's nothing you're hiding from him. There are no secrets with the Lord. But if he is stirring your heart, would you answer his call today? Again, I don't want to make a scene. I don't want to force you to do anything. But if the Lord's doing this, again, our natural reaction in the flesh, I'm not doing it. I'm not surrendering. I'm not yielding. I'm not repenting. But by his grace and his love, open up. Let go. Just whisper. You can say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. Sorry for the way I've lived, but I'm ready to live for you. I'm ready to receive you. I'm ready to receive the gift of life that was bought for and paid for on the cross. That your blood shed for me and forgive me of all my sins, like all of them. But also to give me life. And not just fire insurance to keep me from hell one day. But true life. Like right now, I receive your life. Lord, I don't want you just to make me better. I want you to make me new. I ask that, Lord, you would come into my life where I could say, Christ is my life. That Christ is life. Jesus, where you would be all and in all. I'm ready to do your will. Not my will, but yours be done. If that's you, just close your eyes and I just want to pray with you. Lord, I I pray that over every person in this room. Again, we're all at different places in this journey, but this world needs you. This world needs you. I need you. I need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. So we receive the gift of salvation and life this morning. We receive a fresh and a new. We receive that gift. We, we say yes to the good news. Oh, the good news, Lord. And may we be compelled to share that good news with others. Lord, we choose to be merciful. Lord, the war is over between us and you, God. Jesus, you brought peace to our hearts. We are no longer enemies of God. We found peace in you, Jesus, because of the mercy of you, Lord. Show us how to be merciful as you've been merciful to us. And we do choose and commit for your will to be done in our life. Not my will, but your will be done. As we're praying, if there's anyone here that this is the first time you've ever prayed those prayers, if you are honest, you've never said yes to Jesus, but in this moment you're wanting to say yes to Jesus, inviting Jesus in your life. With all eyes closed and head 
bowed. I would love to celebrate with you. And so if that is you, if you're receiving Jesus into your life today, would you just look at me real quick? I want to make contact with you and I want to celebrate with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Such a good day to say yes to Jesus. Well, Lord, we thank you for the greatest gift ever given. (laughs) We celebrate you. Today is a good day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.